Welcome to the 26th episode of the Red Sox Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Green. Joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Dave Latham. Dave, say hi to the people. How's it going, everyone? Uh, hopefully, Game 2 goes better than yesterday's uh, nightmare. Yeah, I think we're all a little sad, and it was a really rough night. I didn't get much sleep. Actually, I, got, I slept like a baby, but I was still upset. Um, also, joining Dave and I is our other lovely co-host, Chris Drozine. Did I say that right? Do you want to correct me? You say that Once all the time. It it's fine. It's Dro C. Dro C. Okay. Dro C. I really don't care. I've heard it all, so okay, it, it doesn't okay. really bother me. <laughs> Can I just call you like Chris Dro to make it easier? Yeah. Or? Yeah. If you really yeah, want. To, okay. Fine. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so we actually recorded yesterday. Uh, Dave and I did a special ALCS preview episode that was about 30, 40 minutes. It was more like 40 minutes. And today's going to be much of the same. Um, we had a lot of content yesterday, and we're going to have some content today. Probably going to be in that range to 30, 40 minutes. Because we're going to talk about Game 1, and then we're going to talk about the preview for Game 2. Which, again, hopefully going to go a lot better. Um, so I think what the find yesterday's game was just how sloppy it was for the Red Sox. They walked a lot of guys. I think they walked 10 batters and hit four. Um, Eduardo Nunez made killer defensive miscues. One was not ruled an error, but it bounced right past his glove. He slipped. Um, it was a makeable hopper, and it was slightly to his left, and two runs scored after that. And then he had a potential ground ball double play that was hit to him, and he lost to trying to make the transfer. Um, yeah, I, I want to talk to you, Dave, first about this. What were your thoughts on how sloppy the Red Sox were in this game? Oh, it was just so ugly to watch. Like it didn't look like a team that was ready for the ALCS. It looked like it looked like little league ball. Honestly, all the mistakes they were making. Because when you're facing a team as good as the Astros, you can't afford to walk ten guys. You can't afford to hit three batters, and you can't can't afford to make basic fielding mistakes. And that's basically all we did the entire game. It was just a slop fest, and we didn't deserve to win it. And frankly, we didn't deserve for it to be as close as it was up until the ninth inning. It was just, yeah. just all around bad. Yeah, I, I was honestly completely shocked that it was three to two entering the top nine. Uh, there was, I mean, the Astros played sloppy themselves at the fifth inning of that game when Verlander walked three guys in a row, and then he the passed ball. Like the Astros were equally as sloppy as us at one point. Then the ninth inning came around, and we're like, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. But uh, what about you, Chris? What were your thoughts on the sloppiness of this Red Sox team? This 108 win Red Sox team. I think I think it speaks to why the Astros won the World Series. They're able to take take advantage of mistakes. So, you know, the Red Sox walked a billion people, which I was like, I was on that from I don't know when. Uh, it's just like before the playoffs started, I was I was upset at the amount of walks that the bullpen was giving up. Um, I remember I was looking at the stats and stuff like that, and it it was concerning, and it's still concerning. And I'm gonna need a lot of tums to get through this series. <laughs> need a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, if it's anything like that, me too. Um, hopefully, game two will change. Uh, we got David Price tonight. We'll talk about that later. Um, but I also think a significant <laughs> defining factor of this game, and I think Ian Brown pointed this out on Twitter, was the big advantage that the Astros have at third base over the Red Sox. Because you saw Alex Bregman was making these incredible defensive plays. He was making them look routine. Re- Obviously, he's a great hitter. He's a top 5, 10 player in baseball. And then Eduardo Nunez can't hit for crap. And then his defense was supposed to be his defining difference between him and Raphael Devers. Literally cost the Red Sox probably two, three runs. 
And that's why they had the initial deficit was because Nunez could not. I mean, the bullpen pitched poorly. They walked a lot of guys. They hit a lot of guys. But at the end of the day, they still were drawing weak contact mixed in between a lot of walks. It was the fact that Nunez literally had an awful game. And this has kind of been um, like this whole postseason in, in the ALDS. He struggled at third base, too, made some really bad throws. I think that. Yeah, I think we've talked about this. I don't think Nunez is that big of an upgrade over Devers. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on Nunez's play at third? It was just so ugly to watch. It was absolutely terrible, and he's been terrible throughout the ALDS, like you said. He did make that game-clinching play, which I don't think Devers is capable of making, but it wasn't like it was a great throw by any means because a lot more of that was on Pierce than Nunez, like making a fantastic stretch. And really, he made he gave up three runs yesterday. He slipped over his own two feet, and uh, that led to Sales' two runs. And he missed on that double play ball in the sixth inning, where even if he just gets one out, Kelly's out of that inning without allowing a run. If he makes those plays, we go into the top of the ninth with a 2 nothing lead. I think Craig Kimbrell comes into that game instead of Brandon Workman, and I think we win. Nunez is the difference between a win and a loss yesterday, and I don't really see how you can keep sitting Devers, because... Is Devers a great fielder? No, but Nunez isn't either. At least put in the promise of Devers' bat. Yeah, I, I think when you're talking the difference between, what, a 72 WRC plus and 78 WRC plus and a, and a 90 WRC plus and the defense is kind of a wash, um, you got to put Devers in. Uh, I think Garrett Cole, um, he's, a, he's a right-handed pitcher, so we'll see if Devers is actually in the lineup tonight. Uh, I hope he is because he should be. It's not like it's, there's a lefty on the mound. So, whatever. What about you, Chris? What were your thoughts on Nunez's defense? This is a whole... This is a more lar- a larger baseball discussion. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how somebody like Eduardo Nunez, who is so terrible at baseball, has a job and gets paid millions of dollars a year. I'm not saying that I could play it better, because I probably couldn't. But I am sure that there is somebody out there that didn't get signed this offseason or uh, somebody in the minors that could probably play better than him. Uh, Brendan Phillips could play better. Probably, yeah. And uh, Holt could probably do better. Devers could probably do better. Uh, Anybody. (laughs) Just anybody. Yeah. No, no, I I agree with that. I I think it's also interesting (laughs) that Nunez has fallen off, like, precipitously from last year. Last year was like a 1.4 F4 player. His OPS with the Red Sox was over 900. Look, the defense has never been great for Nunez, but he was hitting at an above-average clip. And now that that has been dwindling, and he just does not have the skill set anymore. And I still think he's playing hurt. Like, the guy literally looks like whenever he runs to first base, like he's in excruciating pain. Like, he's in a stub toe away from the ICU. and But he just always gets up. He always gets up, and he keeps going, which I admire. I think he's a tough... SOB. But at the same time, I, I think he's he's bad right now. And there are a lot of better options than him. And it's just kind of like, look, it's not even like Nunez is riding your bench. Nunez is like an everyday starter. And I don't know what you've seen from him in the course of a 162 game season that would lead you to believe that he's an upgrade over a Brock Holt, over an Ian Kinsler, over a Raphael Devers, over a freaking Zoe Lin or Blake Swihart. Actually, I don't know about Zoe Lin. I'll, I'll refrain from making that comment. Love, love me some tsunami, though. But yeah, that was uh, that was tough to have um, Nunez in the lineup and on the defensive side making those errors. Um, 
But hopefully, what do you guys think? You think Core is gonna? I'll start with you, Dave. Do you think Core is gonna go with Devers tonight, or do you think he's gonna stay complacent and um, have Nunez back in there? He better go with Devers because it's the postseason. We don't have time for to watch Nunez. Wait for him to figure it out. Sort of get his head into postseason baseball. You, you don't have the luxury of a 162 game season anymore. It's do or die. You need to put the be- the guy that gives you the best chance to win right now out on the field, and that's Raphael Devers. Yeah, Raphael Devers for sure. What about you, Chris? Uh, he needs to sit Nunez because I I saw on Twitter last night. I don't remember who it was from, um, but they mentioned that no team has lost the first two games at home and gone on to win a seven-game series. So they need to win tonight, and yeah. not winning tonight is pretty much disaster when you go to Houston for three. Um, so yeah. there should be a change, uh, especially after that play last night. And counter, yeah, we'll keep going, sir. And I don't think defense is going to be as as big in this game. I I just don't like. I don't think with David Price on the mound that he needs to worry so much about defense because of high strikeout numbers, which is what I thought about Sale as well. Yeah, hopefully Price can get a uh, get some punch outs. Although Chris Sale is definitely the superior pitcher in the department, which is a perfect transition because we haven't even talked about Chris Sale's um, start last night, and I think it's as good a time as any. Um, so he had a weird night. He he ended the night with two earned runs and four innings. Um, he struck out five, but he walked four. That's a very weird aberration. The guy usually posts like lethal strikeout-to-walk numbers. It's usually like 10-1, to 8-2, to two, something like glorious, but 5-4? to four? That is that that is incredibly mediocre. That's like a Brian Johnson strikeout to walk ratio. Didn't mean to call him out. That's like a Hector Vel- now Hector Velasquez can't get five strikeouts in the game. But um, <laughs> the thing was, he started off the night with some really slow cheese. He did not throw very fast. It was sitting between ninety to ninety two, um, but his slider was kind of picking him up. Uh, his his peripheral pitches, he located them well. But then the, it, like there was a shift. About the second, third inning, he started to fire even faster. He started to reach back a little bit more, got into like that 93 to 96 range. And he said fastball seemed back, but his, his location was just erratic at, at certain points in the night. He couldn't get his slider over. His slider was missing significantly outside to a lot of right-handed batters. And his fastball, was even, he was even having trouble to locate that. I will say that some of it, I think he was being squeezed a little bit by the home plate umpire last night, um, but it still was not vintage Chris Sale. He did not have the command. Um, Dave, what were your thoughts on Sale's performance last night? Yeah, I mean, it, it was really disappointing seeing Sale go out there like that. I get that the Astros are, you know, one of the best offenses in baseball, so you can't, you sort of have to pitch around that, that really make sure you paint the corners. But that said, if they're going to beat them, or if they're going to beat you, make them beat you. Don't just give up the free passes. Um, obviously, Sale couldn't find a slider, and when you're not, when you don't have one of your best pitches, that obviously makes it a lot harder to do what you need to do. But it's just, you know, it was really disappointing. Sale's obviously going to be back pitching at some point in the series, and I fully expect him to be better <laughs> then. This was just a really, you know, bad outing for Chris Sale by his standards. Yeah, by his standards. I mean, he only gave up two runs in four innings, and let's be honest, a lot of that was because of Eduardo Nunez. Not to call him out again, but um, the, in terms of No, keep calling him out. No, keep calling out. He deserves it. Uh, what were he, your thoughts, he, Chris? On Eduardo Nunez oh. is the dumpster fire of the show. Yeah, he is the dumpster fire. 
He's the poster <laughs> child for the dumpster. Um, Episode yeah. 26, Eduardo Nunez sucks. <laughs> That's a good title. Should, should we use that? How do you think that Pro- would be received? Pretty good. Probably I'm not, sure, but you sure know. pretty good. <laughs> I mean, we should have called episode 23 the Oreo smear campaign, but we didn't. Um, and now I think we just, should roll with the Nunez sucks. Every episode, somebody, we, we have a new person that's a, uh, that's the, this person sucks. <laughs> yeah, Eduardo smear Nunez campaigns. bad at baseball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Chris, what was your, um, what were your takes on Chris Sale's performance in game one? One of the American League Championship Series. So I wasn't, I wasn't concerned until last night, and now I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if he's hurt or if it was because it was cold or because it was the playoffs. But usually with playoffs, you see overthrowing and not dips in velocity. So that's why I'm not. He, he couldn't locate, and I don't know if that was um, the cold or what have you. Um, but I, I'm concerned that there is something going on and that those injuries were actually real and that there is something going on with his shoulder, um, which, isn't, which isn't good for anybody. No, I, I <laughs> hope he's not hurt, but I think he did. I, and Chris is a tough dude. I, even if he was hurt in, in this stage of the season, I don't think he'd say anything. Um, and especially if it's like a minor aggravating injury, which at, at, I hope that's all it is. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see, just, I don't see his yeah. start being that bad if he's 100% healthy. Um, yeah. and I don't see that. The, the counterpoint to that though is he Last looked year. great in the ALDS, both in his start and in his relief yeah. appearance. He yeah, had all his velocity and stuff. I, I think this was just a bad game. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. I mean, add in the cold, um, and the added pressure of a playoff game, maybe, maybe that's what it was. And yeah, the other the other thing is, I think the Astros are less free swinging than the Yankees were. Um, so I think that's that's very that's true. Part of that's it. fair. Yeah. Yeah, the Astros are a lot more disciplined. Um, I also wanted to say that it's not that I mean, Sale had didn't have his best stuff, but I think the velocity dips and the velocity inconsistency is concerning. Like if Sale was throwing ninety six and he did what he did and he walked four guys and he struck out five. I would, I would say there's, yeah, he's not hurt. He's just had a bad, bad game. But with the velocity, velocity inconsistency, that, that is where you usually glean some sort of injury from. And I can't tell you if this is the case because I feel like Sale has had inconsistency fat with the fastball all season long. Um, and he's had, what, maybe an, an abbreviated AL Cy Young campaign outside of Blake Snell. So uh, it just... It just it was just weird. Also, Chris Sale, um, Alex Cora, that he refused to wear sleeves because he told his friend in Chicago that he would never wear sleeves. So maybe it was the cold, and he just needs to get some damn sleeves on, and then he'd do better locating. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Sale, it's tabbed to probably start game four or five. So we'll see him again. Hopefully he can redeem himself because he's not looked good in the Astro, against the Astros in playoff baseball. Um yeah, do you have any final thoughts on Chris Sale, guys? Does anybody want to say anything else? No, I think we got everything we need to get. Yeah, we got our Chris Sale talk out of the way. Um, so the bullpen was also pretty interesting. Um, one guy in particular, Brandon Workman. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, here it comes. We, we got to let it happen, dude. puked on his shoes. He puked on his freaking Shoes, not once, not twice, but a lot. Uh, Brandon Workman gave four runs, 
two home runs. Did not look good. Walked a couple guys. Game was 3-2 in the ninth. Why did Alex Cora go to Brandon Workman? He had an, I think it was game two of the ALDS, where he pitched a similar appearance. and Or was it game one? Where game almost, one. Game one. Game one, where he almost cost the game. Um, I have not been a Brandon Workman believer for a while. His, his peripherals, his fielding independent pitching is not good. Um, as I said, Joe Kelly's FIP, Heath Hembry's FIP, better than Brandon Workman's. Their ex-FIPs are better than Brandon Workman's, probably. Someone needs to fact-check for that for me. Um, I think Workman's okay. I don't think he's good. And when you're in a close game, 3-2 of game one in the ALCS, why Brandon Workman? I get that Matt Barnes had already pitched, but I think there were better options. I even would have trusted Heath Hembry over Brandon Workman. And this is not just results-driven. What were you saying? Technically, uh, Alex Cora didn't make the decision. Technically. Oh, right. You're right. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm blaming Alex Cora. Okay. Yeah. Who, who, who Was it Ron Renneke then? Wait, let, let's be real. Whoever the manager is. It, he, it was Cora. He, yeah, Cora found yeah, a way. Exactly. <laughs> he Bobby Valentined it. He had a mustache. Um, yeah. I, uh, w- w- why did Brandon work? Do you think it was the right move that Brandon Workman came in to pitch this this uh, ninth inning? Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Let's let's switch things up. Uh, no, clearly it wasn't the, the, the right. Uh, I don't even. For some reason, I can't even remember who he faced. Who who was who was in the order at that time? Why can't I remember that? Well, I can look it up. I think Correa was Gurriel. one of the people that yeah. hit a home was run. Like, was it like the no, Guriel hit a home run? Was it the heart then... of the order? Yeah, I think it was the heart of the order. Was it I mean, by, the time it, by the time it was over, yeah. he faced all of it. So, Curiel yeah. definitely hit a home run, and it was, was Ringer. I'm gonna look for or Bregman. I can't remember. I was too I was too sad and depressed at that point to really take note of it. All right, I'll I'll, I'll circle back because like I think it it probably depends on where they were in the lineup. So that's probably what they were thinking. Yeah, and but I'm regardless, yeah, assuming, regardless, they got to the minute. I'm assuming, without having looked at it, and this is me being terrible, that they... Oh, I got it right here. It was... Reddick, Springer, Altuve, Bregman. Heart of the freaking order. Yeah, I'm surprised. Oh, Reddick hit the homer, right? Reddick, yeah, yeah. Reddick yeah. hit the homer, yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh Reddick revenge game. Yeah. Oh, that was that was complete revenge. But so so they gave they gave him the number nine hitter in the top, in the top of the order. So... In theory, that's probably an okay matchup, but I still at home. I, I would have gone with Craig Kimball. He's like, why? What? Are, what are you doing? He's just hanging out, you know. Let him. Let him redeem himself a little bit instead of just leaving him in the bullpen. Yeah, you got to pitch like there's no tomorrow on the American League Championship Series. Uh, what about you, Dave? What did you think about Brandon Workman coming in? Yeah, so I love Brandon Workman. That much has been evident, but objectively looking at it, he's your second or third worst arm in the bullpen, maybe the worst. He shouldn't have been trusted in a close situation like this. Um, I'm not sure if I would have gone Kimbrell just because we didn't have the lead, and honestly, I would have been very surprised if we did because um, just because we were, we were doing nothing yesterday. But I would have gone for one of the other guys in the bullpen, probably save Kimbrell for if you go to extras because... You don't really have anybody left at that point. I would have liked to see what Eddie would have done in a situation Me too. like that, honestly. That's probably yeah. where I would have gone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I know people are a little down on Eduardo Rodriguez after what happened in the ALDS, but I would have loved to see Rodriguez come in there. I think, regardless, he's a better option than Brandon Workman, even if he's not a great option either. Red Sox bullpen is not filled with great options. I, w- I would have gone Eddie. 
Um, but I think I think uh, there was one bright spot from this game that really stood out to me. And there weren't a lot of bright spots. Actually, this might be the only bright spot. I'm Post-season. trying to think of what you're about to say, and I can't think of anything. Yeah, I, 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 I was Kelly. doing the same thing. What? Postseason Joe Kelly. Postseason oh, Joe uh, Kelly looks pretty oh, okay. dang good. Yeah, yeah. He, he was good. He, he, I, was, he did look good. He was cautiously sadly. optimistic, <laughs> but I've been on this road too many times. I've been <laughs> hurt so many times. Look, I, I I honestly I know it's small sample, but I'm thinking Kelly might be the third or fourth best reliever hey. in this court right now. Uh, oh, don't fact. say that out loud. He heard you, and now it's going to go back. <laughs> I, I fun say that fun fact, guys. He didn't walk anybody. He hit a guy, but he didn't walk anybody. So Joe Kelly's my favorite person right now. Yeah, yeah. Did he hit Alex Bregman on purpose? I so. mean, if he did, that's really Really stupid, stupid of him because it's the postseason. Don't give free base runners. I want to. I want to take a but, second to talk about how there was way too many timeouts. Like every five seconds, I felt like there was a timeout. I was like, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, uh, yeah. there were game, a lot of mound visits. This game, I, I understand it's the playoffs, but a four-hour game. Like, let's go! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know the the Red Sox were incredibly sloppy all night. I think no one can argue that they weren't. Astros were pretty sloppy. Too, but they got the dub. But the most sloppy um, people on the field were, was the officiating crew. Um, the umpires, the home plate umpire specifically, I think it's Hoyt. Is that his name? Hoyt. Does anyone? Yeah. Hoyt. Hoy yeah. H O Y E. My God. Okay. His name is James well, let me preface Hoy. This by saying, for anybody who wants to find James him. Hoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me preface <laughs> this by saying they they mentioned on the TBS broadcast, I think it was Ron Darling or Brian Anderson, and they said that, oh, it's Hoyt's first postseason, or first American League Championship Series, first playoff game, something. And he was going to, and I was like, wow, he's calling balls and strikes. That's the obviously the most critical position on the uh, umpire you know, spectrum. And I was like, so I, I was wondering if, you know, they, like, track umpire statistics all year long, and they come up with who's got the best percentage of called strikes right compared to balls. And I was like, you know what? I bet you Hoyt's going to do a great job because there's no way that he would be starting uh, or, you know, calling this game if in, in game one if he in, didn't do very well all season long. My God, that was that thought was so foreshadowing because that was abysmal. And I usually don't call out umpires for balls and strikes. It's a tough job. And a lot of the times it's kind of skewed and people are biased because umpires are pretty consistent. And even if they're bad, they're consistent. But this was weird. This guy was so erratic, and it seemed like a lot of the big calls came against the Red Sox. There was one play when Joe Kelly had this meet. Joe Kelly's breaking ball. His, his slider, I think it was, looked so nasty, the break on it. But one of them, literally, middle of the plate, middle quadrant, maybe a little up in the zone in terms of the strike zone, literally right down the middle. It was um, a cross-up between him and Vasquez, so Vasquez may have obstructed his view. But literally right down the middle. Called it a ball. Called it a ball. And I, I still am kind of fuming over that. And I get maybe he didn't see it, but that was brutal. I mean, Alex Cora was ejected for arguing balls and strikes. And I think he had every right to because that was abysmal. What were your thoughts on the uh, officiating in this game, Dave? Well, we've seen this so much throughout the playoffs and really throughout the entire regular season that umpires, it's probably one of the biggest problems with baseball is trying to find um, – like a good way to call balls and strikes because it's so subjective and it varies from game to game, inning to inning, even pitch by pitch with some of these guys. And frankly, I think it's about time that the, that uh, 
Major League Baseball got serious about installing an automatic strike zone. Just have a computer generate the stri- balls and strikes based on the pitches that throw it. Nesson can update it in real time. TVS can update it in real time. It shouldn't be that hard to do. You just throw the ball. The strike zone thing automatically tells you if it's a strike or not, and it just gets checked up. You still have the own plate umpire for calls at the plate, but you don't have them worry about balls or strikes. Have it be completely impartial. Have it be an automatic zone on a computer based on real points and not just subjective eyeball stuff. So at some point, if you do that, you're basically saying, this is where I said I was going to fight you, but I'm going to fight you. (laughs) (laughs) This is why. So if you take that out, right, where's the fun in the game? Like you're, you're... The fun in the... The yeah. game is watching the game. It's already, but it's already like there. People are already talking about how baseball is boring, right? You take away a, an arguing point, a fun arguing point for people. Um, you know, people get to talk about the umps. I understand that umps shouldn't. This guy clearly like wanted to be like front and center. You know, he he gave Bregman a timeout like way too late. He he screwed up that pitch. Like the guy, the dude was just like he's just like you know what? I'm gonna make a statement for myself because. Here I am, you know, this is my first game. Um, I just, I can't see um, robot umpires calling balls and strikes just because it doesn't, it's going to make me sound old because I'm saying you're taking the human element out of it, but you are taking the human element out of it, and it's kind of the fun of watching is how consistent the strike zone is. And they do get rated on it, and I'm fairly certain that this guy probably got rated terribly, or at least he should (laughs) have. So, and if he didn't, Yeah, um, I, I think there is some fun in arguing balls and strikes. Like, I think that kind of keeps people engaged, um, yeah, and I do see that point. It's I do see like, that. I, it's kind of like with the replay system. The managers can't argue anything. The second they start arguing, they get tossed out. Like, I, I know, but it sounds weird that I'm saying that, you know, I come here to watch people argue. It, it, I don't, but, like, it's entertaining. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you see... You see a replay go the wrong way and the manager can't say anything or else he gets tossed. It's, it's just one yeah. of those things where it's like you're taking the, the edge that used to be in the game out. And I think that's, yeah. that's partially the shift I think in baseball that's kind of messed with them a little bit as far as like, a, th- because like think of, think of the Yankee game, that Yankee game, the, the Joe Kelly fight people, this it has nothing to do with replay or anything like that, but people, it was a long game, but people tuned in. Because there was a fight. <laughs> like, you start tuning in. You know, it, as soon as you start taking those kinds of things out, you start losing a bit of your audience. At least, in my mind, anyways. Yeah. You see, I feel like you can get that audience, like, without needing a ball and strike counter. I mean, what gets me going in baseball games is watching the games and the players interacting with each other. It's not the managers and the umpires. Like, you know, best part of the ALDS, one of the best parts was Brazier telling Sanchez to get back in the effing box. That happens... That's between two players. That's a human element and replay or strike zones, uh, automatic strike zones. That had nothing to do with that. That's just two players playing the game, and that was awesome. So, I, I mean, you keep the actual people in the game. The players are still human, so you get the human element in that. Take out the outside stuff and let the passion be driven by the guys physically playing the game. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's, a, that's, that's fair. The problem is... <laughs> That I feel like all baseball players are given this like thing where they like don't show any emotion at all until the playoffs show up. Like throughout the year, you don't really get these. This, it's starting to change. I'm, I'm seeing the change slowly, and I like that. But 
I don't think that 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 the the Ryan Brazier thing that doesn't happen enough for me to be like not me personally, but like for somebody to be engaged. I don't think that happens enough because all these guys are friends, and yeah, they're they're competitors and they compete with each other, but at some point the idea that they're all in a brotherhood comes into play. So I think that the umps being there, <clears throat> it's going to sound, like I said, I sound like an old man by saying, oh, you're taking the fun out of it. But it's it's one of the things that keeps, it, it keeps talking points. Like, I don't have, like, say, say I'm a casual fan, and I don't pay attention to, um, like, pitch selection and stuff like that. Um, but I pay attention to balls and strikes, and I can talk about that. But I can't talk about pitch selection. So you're, you're basically taking... Um, something a casual fan can hold on to, getting rid of it and saying, you know what, we only want the diehards in here, the people that are paying attention to pitch selection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can still talk about <clears throat> balls and strikes with an automated zone. It's just, you know, you know, like that was a ball, that was a strike. You know, Joe yeah, Kelly you, should throw no, more strikes. But Matt there's Barnes no should throw like, more balls. Like we don't have a conflict. But we don't have like a Joe Kelly talking point right now. Like we're not talking about the the ball that was in the middle of the zone. We're not talking about that. Like that's there's no talking point in this game if the balls and strikes. Yeah, we probably there's like there's there's not much. If you go back and look, the balls and strikes there's a lot of borderline calls. But depending upon which way the computer would have gone, there's no there just isn't as much intrigue to talk about. Yeah, I think you're balancing between that entertainment because I mean conflict, um, even if it's between an umpire and you know the world, um, that's entertaining to people inherently. People like arguments, but I will say you're also balancing between how fair do you want this game to be? And the fair way to do it would be put an automated strike zone. And you're just got to find the, would people prefer um, it to be fair and balanced? Or would they prefer the entertainment of, you know, arguing balls and strikes? Personally, I think a lot of people are falling to the both camps. Um, the thing that Dave was mentioning about implementing a strike zone, I actually um, listened to Effectively Wild podcasts. They're great, by the way. They're Fangraph sponsored. Um, and they were talking about with someone who's actually designing the automated strike zone. And I think that's where we're heading. I think there will be an automated strike zone. And I think people might initially be hesitant to the change. But change inevitably um, breeds that conflict. And people are resistant to change. And then they're like, you know what, this isn't that bad. But anyway, um, they're having trouble right now calibrating. Um, it's not the horizontal because the strike zone is the same horizontally. But vertically, they're trying to get it to be conducive to other people's heights because the strike zone is not the same for Jose Altuve as it is Aaron Judge, and they need that to be perfect before they implement that in. Because if an umpire calls a wrong ball and strike, you know, people are going to be mad, but, you know, it's the human element. But if, uh, if a computer messes up and, let's say, it glitches and there's one right down the middle, which could happen, let's say they're 99% accurate compared to a human umpire who's 90% accurate. If there's one right in the middle and it glitches and it calls it a ball, like it has a temporary glitch, which is possible, then that's going to like incite a lot of controversy. And they're trying to avoid that as much as possible. They need to be precise. They need to calibrate these different players' heights. So that's what they're working on right now. Um, I think this is an interesting conversation. And I'm, 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 I'm glad we're having it. I think both of you guys brought up great points. Um, and do you have anything else to say about the strike zone, guys? Does anyone else have anything to weigh in? Our, our robot overlords are coming for us. <laughs> Don't be embrace the technology. Yeah. <laughs> embrace the robot overlords. 
Yeah, I, th- I think the funniest part. The funniest part is I'm 28 and I've grown up with technology, but I still like at certain points I stop and I'm like, eh. <laughs> because like that. I don't know if you saw this is entirely unrelated to Red Sox or anything like that. But um, did you see that the the robot I think it's MIT is working on? It was doing like parkour. Oh yeah, that thing's weird. That's got, that's what's that gonna is, kill us. That is not the scary. That, that's like zones. that's like iRobot yeah. kind of stuff. And I think I think if you've ever seen iRobot, it's set in like 2025. <laughs> not and that I'm like, far. I'm like, uh, we're gonna die soon. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what, Chris? Now's your chance. Join the winning team. Be on the robot side. No, I'm, good. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be Will Smith. I'm gonna be Will Smith. I'm self-driving cars. I'm gonna be like, you know what? I want to drive by myself, guys. <laughs> uh, I've never seen iRobot. It's a good movie. Good time. I don't know. So Maybe I'll watch it. It's it's decent. It's decent. Adequate. It's got Will Smith. Yeah. Adequate. Adequate. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it. No, I'm watching football this Sunday afternoon. But yeah. Um, what did you guys think about just kind of trying to segue this conversation on the same breath? Um, Alex Cora actually um, getting ejected for arguing balls and strikes. Do you think he should have been as adamant as he was? Um, or do you think he should have been more passive and patient because this was a playoff game? What do you think, Dave? I think adamant was the way to go, especially because, you know, it was Benny who struck out on what was clearly ball four. And, um, you know, he was getting really riled up about it. So part of the job of a manager is when you see your player getting riled held up, you cannot have him get ejected, especially someone as good as Ben Intendi. So the manager's job is sort of to intervene and sort of take that passion and sort of give it back to the umpire. And frankly, that team looked dead in the water all yesterday. I'm all for Cora trying to fire up the team, really, you know, spark some life into it, even if it meant sort of getting ejected. I mean, I think that's really what you had to do. So good for Cora. Good for Cora. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, that team... I, I even said this. It, they they look like they had no life. Like they just look like they look like they didn't even want to be there. It was weird. I, I've never seen anything like that in a playoff game. Maybe I'm crazy, but um, I, I think he had to do he had to do something. He had to protect Ben Tendi from getting uh, rung up because that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been good. That would have been way worse than Alex Cora being there. That's true. Because if Andrew Ben Tendi goes out, that's a much bigger loss than the manager. Um, and the thing, well, it came in a crucial situation. Like if he, it was a ball and it would have been ball four and the Red Sox would have taken the lead. It would have been three, two. So that was a very critical call. Um, it was close, but it was clearly a ball. And I applaud Alex Cora for sticking up for his player. Although I do think it's weird that a manager gets ejected in this big of a stage. I don't think you see that that often. Um, Yeah, they hit a really short hook on him. They had a short hook on him, too. Apparently, he had been heckling the umpire all night, uh, like, the, through the first five innings or something, because, I mean, the guy was just that bad, and it maybe just got a breaking point. But, yeah, he had a really short hook, which was weird. You would expect, and I think Darling said this, too, you would expect more patience from the home plate umpire in a playoff game because you're, you're really taking away from what, it, the product on the field. I think it goes back to that it was the guy's first game. Of the ALC, it was like his first ALCS uh, assignment. Like, yeah, not, why? Not a why is debut. he? Why is he doing game one behind the plate? Why doesn't yeah, he do game and Joe, three? Joe West was the guy at second. Say what you will about him, I'm not his biggest fan, but he has a lot of experience in something like that. Yeah. He'd probably have a cooler head. Uh, yeah, and why didn't why didn't he have it in, uh, in game one? Who knows? I don't know what they're. I don't know how they. I don't know how they dole out the assignments. I don't know if it's random. 
I have no idea. I know yeah. they rotate. I, I know that much throughout the season. Yeah. I know they rotate, but I don't know anything beyond that. And um, uh, I don't know. Speak, and maybe, speaking of maybe Joe, if Joe West was behind yeah, the play, he wouldn't have gotten beamed by Christian Vasquez. R.I.P. Joe man. I kind of like. I kind of part of me really hopes that like Christian Vasquez did that on purpose, but uh, he didn't. But like part of me like really wanted him to. <laughs> <laughs> that was going into the outfield too. He might have advanced the third. Joe yeah. West uh, helped us I give, out there. He, he I sa- give Joe West it. a lot of credit. He comp- he walked that off like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean he does padding, but I mean it was, was only literally... it was only like seventy nine miles an hour, so it wasn't like. I mean, I guess I, I'm saying only 79 miles an hour it would have hurt, but it's probably easier to walk off. And but Joe West I'm, doesn't exactly look like he's in peak physical condition either, so you know it probably hurts him a bit more than it does the you know major league base players. And I think like the best part was that he was just so stoic about the whole thing. Like he didn't mm-hmm. laugh, he didn't smile, he didn't show <laughs> anguish. He was just like existing, like nothing happened. That, that, that all said, I'm expecting I'm expecting like a 2,000 word article like from the Players Tribune or something from Joe West just like detailing the perils uh, yeah, of I wanna, being an umpire. I want to know, know what was going through his head as soon as he got hit. <laughs> like, the what, like, what was he thinking? Thing? Was he just like Was he just like Oh man, I messed up. <laughs> he didn't show anything on his face. But is the the Players Tribune? Does that still exist? I, I mean, probably. probably. Derek Jeter. Wears many hats. Not gonna say he wears them well, but he wears many hats. Yep. Uh, um. Yeah. But let's uh, talk about. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts on Game One you want to roll out before we talk about Game Two? Uh, uh, just let's reiterate: Nunez sucks, but that's about it. Uh, that's a great sign. Not, what about you, Chris? Not Game One related. I don't have anything for that. But the Players Tribune, Tribune does exist, and the feature cool. article right now is something called "What Is the Meaning of Life." By Eric Cantona, whoever Eric Cantona is. Do you have a sport? Where is Eric Cantona from? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna Sounds like a sport. tennis player's name. I'm thinking hockey. I don't watch hockey. Football. Football? He's a legend, apparently. He said football gives meaning to your life. Like Canadian uh, football? No. Yeah, like mm-hmm. soccer football or football football? I'm going like to Indoor football? I'm going to Google Eric International is, footballer. Oh, so soccer. Football okay. With the, with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, but yeah. it's not spelled. Yeah, wrong it's, football. Fake football. It's not spelled. Tommy football. Fake football. The sport that actually uses their foot. Yeah. Steven Gaskowski takes outrage to that statement. <laughs> I know. Oh, I was going to see if anyone would call me up for that. <laughs> That's all I have to say about him. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're, we're going to move on. <laughs> he plays soccer. It's true. Uh, he plays soccer. Okay. This I'm is quite the episode. We're, 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 we're doing great today. <laughs> yeah. And this is completely impromptu. Like, I usually None of this was supposed script. to happen. Yeah. Like, usually I have a game script, but we did one yesterday, and I woke up late. So this is just... Uh, we're, we're just rolling right now. Um, game two is going to be on tonight. ALCS. Sunday at 7.09 p.m. Eastern Time. David Price, his tab to pitch against Houston's Garrett Cole. Um, while Price has pitched well in the regular season, he's, you know, obviously maligned in the postseason. And Garrett Cole is a pretty dang good pitcher. I think the Astros clearly have the edge here. Um, but I want to ask everyone, 
about what they think of David Price um, pitching in this game. Should he be pitching in this game? I'm going to start with you, Chris. Again, let's let's make some stuff up. Let's, let's do a cool order here. Chris, go ahead. Uh, David Price is going to rip some faces off. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. <laughs> I really want to know. What, what, what does that mean? I, I really want to know what he what he thinks about on a day like today. Like what what is yeah. what is going through? I need to be in so many people's heads uh, lately. You do. But, like, yeah. I, I want to know because like does he wake up and he's like, man, I'm terrible in the playoffs. Like does he think that way? Like what does he what does he say? I, I, my thing is is I think he's going to go out and pitch great, but I don't think he's going to get a decision. I just I don't I don't think he's going to get a decision. I think it's going to be a no decision for him. Um, but I think he's going to go like five or six. Then I would be thrilled if he went five or six innings, maybe like one, two, or in yeah, ball. I think, I think, I think the Red Sox in the game. I think he's going to pitch well, but I just don't think I don't think uh, he's going to get he's going to get his elusive win, which I find very strange that people are clinging to this old stat of wins in the playoff. But like during the regular season, they dismiss all wins. Doesn't make any sense. But what do you? Yeah. Yeah, win and loss record, you know how I am on this side of the ledger. Pretty meaningless, but, I mean, David Price sucks in the postseason. He's got, like, a 639 year no, He's going to rip faces off it. Yeah. So is rip faces like he's going to do good? I, I'm taking it as a good expression. But yeah. like, he's just yes. going to go headhunting for Altuve. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like he's going to go literally just be. He's going to be in, like, six guys in the face. It's going to happen. We're not going to Look, I'm getting guys. pulled after two anyway. Let's take a few down with me. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, what, what about you, Dave? I know you've been a staunch uh, supporter of David Price throughout his postseason struggles, and I know you said you're not going to defend him anymore. You said that on Twitter, but you still think he's the right guy to go in this game? I saw an article that you wrote on the Red Sox and which you should check out, by the way. Yes, I do believe Price is the best option. However, I do not. I, uh, that's not a vote of confidence in Price. More so, it's a vote of no confidence in Eddie Rodriguez or anyone else we could possibly start. Price is a lot better at home than he is on the road. I get why they're putting him in game two, gives him the home start, which, you know, that's probably the best course of action here. Porcello's actually better on the road than he is at home, so I'm all for Porcello game three or four, whichever one it is. So obviously we know Price struggles in the playoffs, and I'm, I'm not counting on anything from him today, but if you want to be an eternal optimist, um, there are a few reasons that, that you might believe in him today. I mean, for one, he, against the Astros this year, he's pitched 12.1 innings. He has a 3.65 ERA and a 2.19 FIP. So if you want to be optimistic, you can hope that uh, last week's struggles were due to him playing the Yankees instead of him playing in the postseason. I mentioned it on the last podcast. He does have, you know, about a 50-50 split between good postseason starts and just horrible, horrible ones. So we might get the good price today. He's pitched well against the Astros in the regular season. There is hope. But did you take into the, account yeah, uh, the tingle fingers? You got to take into account the tingle fingers, dude. It's going to be cold. Uh, what's the temperature? It's going to be real cold. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. <laughs> you didn't take into account the tingle fingers. Tingle. I did not take the tingle fingers into account. Does that change oh your answer, Dave? It's, it's, I mean, my answer is I'm not counting on him for anything to begin with, so it certainly yeah. doesn't. I think it matters. I think at eight o'clock it's going to be like somewhere in the realm of fifty. I think. I think. Buy him like uh, those hand warmer things that all football players like have in their belt. So, um, David Price, 
Um, this is going to be my take on the matter. The thing about the Yankees lineup, I know like he's historically struggled against the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees are obviously fielded good lineups for years, and David Price has to pitch against them a lot because he was in the ALEs for the majority of his career. But this is this is the thing with uh, DP. Um, the Yankees lineup, especially this year, is like the best against uh, left-handed pitching by far. I think they had a 470 slug. I'm not exactly sure what the Astros were against left-handed pitchers, but I'll tell you this, they are not as good um, against lefties as the Yankees are. So I think that works in David Price's favor. And you mentioned the statistics. Um, I think Price made two starts against the Astros. Looked pretty good. Not small sample size, but still I think it's, it's, it's it, it matters, especially when you're juxtaposing that to what he's done against the Yankees. I think the Astros are more auspicious matchup, and I think um, would a Voldy or Porcello be a better option to start game two on shorter rest? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that exactly, but I don't think that either a Voldy or Porcello are good enough. Um, I think they're good pitchers, but I don't think it, they're that much significantly better where you would change the order at this point um, to try to get some advantage and try to squeak out a win game too. I, I just I would, think Price and you, you, have, you counter with that. I would only the, the only thing I would consider is the cold weather. It's like if if you're telling us earlier this year that he has problems pitching in the cold, like that's that's like a thing. They said it. Why are we pitching him in the cold? I I know it's yeah. uh, like I know it's the playoffs and that shouldn't matter, but it it kind of just like flies in the face of what was said earlier this year. But I guess you can't really like pick yeah. and choose if it's cold or not. I guess if you're like if you're out to, to, Yeah. To be fair, they also said it was a Fortnite injury. Which uh, I, I, don't, I don't buy that. Um, the thing is, like, what, what was the exact diagnosis of his hand issues? He had like circulation mild, problems, circulation right? issues. I thought it was mild Circ- carpal is that tunnel. caused by? Wasn't it mild? No, they said it was carpal tunnel. Back in 2015, he had mild uh, circul. Well, he had mild circulation issues his whole life. They popped up in 2015 with Detroit again, and he's had. Um, it was carpal tunnel, is what it was. The one a few weeks carpal. later when his start got pushed back. And it wasn't Fortnite. They uh, dispelled that one pretty quick. That was um, Dan Shaughnessy saying it was Fortnite, which if Dan Shaughnessy says it, it's a lie. So, Yeah, that's, that's about right. But with his circulations problems, is that aggravated by pitching in cold weather, or is that just not related? It's probably just cold weather in general. You think cold weather would bring it on? Look, I'm, I'm not a physical therapist. I don't know these things, but I, I, I don't know if cold weather would make it worse it probably wouldn't make it better i don't know that's worth looking into someone do that not not now we'll, we'll do it later but yeah uh, um what, what about the lineup guys uh, this will be our last conversation before we depart and you know go and, and watch our football and whatever we have on tap for today but what do you see what do you see the lineup being like today dave nunez um yeah I think Nunez is out of it because Nunez sucks, as is the theme of this episode. I think you have to put Devers in there, and I think Holt's a better matchup against Cole than Kinsler is, so I'd expect to see Brock Holt out there as well. And I don't like to say it, but I do think if Mitch Moreland's healthy, he's starting today over Pierce. I don't like it, but I think that's what they do. Do you want to make me cry, Dave? Because that's, that's going to make me cry. Mitch Moreland over Dave Pierce? I'm st- oh, it's Dave Pierce. Dave Pierce. Not your Dave. Uh, what about you, Chris? Uh, I, I think Mitch Moreland being lifted for a pinch runner says that he's probably not quite ready yet to play. I'm, I could be wrong, um, but I'm guessing I'm guessing Steve Pierce is still in there. 
Um, but Nunez, Nunez needs to get out of there. He, he's bad at baseball. I'm, I'm good with whoever, whoever they want to put. They could put Holt there. They could put Devers there. If they really want to, they could put um, Swihart there, and I wouldn't even be angry about that. I, I, I know they wouldn't, but if they did, I wouldn't be angry. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, just anybody. Why don't they, put they, they, they could put a they could put a warm body there, and I'd be okay with it. <laughs> it's, it's, just grab a random fan. Put the random fan in there. We're good, you know. Uh, that'd, but be, I, I, that'd be I a fun fan contest. I think that's the only change. I, I think the rest is pretty much the same. That would be a really wicked cool fan contest if you could show up at Fenway Park. I don't they're think like, they're postseason eligible, though. Oh, right. True, oh, dang true. it, just missed the cut. Just missed the cut. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know why Brock Holt doesn't give more looks at third. I've said this multiple times throughout um, this this podcast history. I think, uh, probably I think like third's this. like his worst defensive position, isn't it? I, think that's, uh, I, I remember hearing that. Like UZR, DRS, sort of like advanced metric. I don't know. Um, I, I just know that I've uh, heard before. Um, that yeah, this is I think Holt's an offensive upgrade to Nunez. I mean, obviously. I, I What I envision tonight, I think Kinsler's going to be back in there. Um, and I think you're going to see Devers. And I think Christian Vasquez is going to get the nod with Price. And then I think hopefully Pierce is back in there. But I could see more on the like Dave said. Yeah. You know, I just had a thought, you know, if you're really worried that much about a defensive upgrade, why don't you just put Eduardo Nunez on the DL and have uh, uh, Brandon Phillips, former Gold Glove winner, come aboard? You know, he could do the job. I know he's more traditionally second baseman, but he's played some third over his time. They yeah, sent, they sent the only... Phillips home, I think. I think he's home. Bring him he was... back. He, he's Bring probably he's one fly he, away. He's home, yeah. he's, he's home eating chips. Yeah. He's, he's home eating chips. Yep. <laughs> But the thing about Brian Phillips is his defense was kind of overrated in his career. I hate to be that guy, kind of like Derek Jeter's defense. Um, and especially now at 38, he's not as skilled of a defender. But don't get me wrong, he's better than Eduardo Nunez. Anyone's better than Eduardo Nunez. I'm not looking for the best defensive player ever. I'm looking for better than Nunez. My standard I, is very low here. I agree. They could I play. Agree. They yeah, could that's... play. They could play Steve Pierce at third in the tournament at first, or vice versa, Ooh, and they would still be uh, better. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. But they, would still be, they, they could put they could put JD Martinez at third, and they'd probably still be better. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Wait, does Steve Pierce <laughs> Steve Pierce throw left-handed, or does he? No, he's the righty. He's he's, he's played, righty. He he's played, right? oh, yeah, he's yeah, played yeah. second base before. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, if you want, mind. if you want to go full chaos mode with this thing, Blake Swihart started at third. Remember that? I love chaos. Hey, uh, as a, as an entire, I kind of hate the fact that they carry three catchers and they make it a point to say that we're carrying three catchers, but they never use the third catcher. Oh yeah, the third catcher I think is more of a contingency in case the second catcher gets hurt because if the second catcher gets hurt when you pinch hit for Cindy Leones like last night in the fifth inning. Vasquez gets hurt. Holy crap. Hanley Ramirez isn't on this team anymore. Who the hell is going to catch for you? Brock Holt. Brock Holt. The Brock star. He could do it. Yeah. And then I think, wouldn't he have played every single position on the diamond? Besides uh, he pitcher pitch? and catcher? I f- feel like he has. He should. He should. <laughs> I feel like he's tossing inning somewhere uh, between 2014 and now. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. I want a 24-inning long game. I want the bullpen to be decimated, and I want Brock Holt to come in and throw three scoreless. And then, and then, 
he we win. We win in this scenario yeah. no, no. too. He, he he throws the three scoreless innings in the twenty fourth inning and the fourth. That's yep. the game right there. They cancel That's the World the Series because they just know that nothing can come close to that. Baseball's over. Brock Holt is the World Series champion. <laughs> Brock Holt is the not World the Boston Series. Red Sox. Brock Holt. Brock Holt. So if uh, you want right, to if you want yeah. to get anything out of this podcast, Brock Holt is the best. Eduardo Nunez is the worst. That's, that's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> that sums it up. And once yep, again, to reiterate to all the listeners, this is, this is very much unscripted. This is very. This is entirely unscripted. But that's a new name for our, our podcast. It's going to be Brock Holt is good. Eduardo Nunez is bad. Episode number twenty six. <laughs> that's it. Uh, Dave, departing thoughts. Shoot him. Uh, departing thoughts. Uh, not to beat a dead horse. Nunez sucks. The end. Chris, are you going to have the same departing thought, or you want to make a jab at the Orioles before you go? Uh, Orioles are still a dumpster fire, but Eduardo Nunez right now is worse. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yep. Um, also, make a make know, a whole team of Eduardo Nunez, all nine spots, and all nine pitchers, and they're probably worse. <laughs> or not nine pitchers, however many pitchers you need. <laughs> and as as I my departing thought is Heath Hembry's better than Brandon Workman. Just my honest opinion. Might not be making friends by saying that. I would rather I trust Ethan Embry, you know, high leverage situation more than Brandon Workman. And I hope we don't see Brandon Workman in high leverage. But that's actually going to do it, guys, for the 26th episode of the Red Sox Unfiltered Podcast. The first one that was entirely unscripted. So good for us. Impromptu. Um, we'll be back next week or whenever the series ends. I, what, game three and four, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, game three, four, five is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if something happens, hopefully we can get you some content straight away. We don't know when the next one's going to be. Just look out for next weekend. Um, you can listen to this on iTunes and SoundCloud um, and potentially iHeartRadio and Spotify, which would be really cool. Um, but, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. I'm not going to say see you later because I'm not ever going to actually see you probably. But thanks for listening. Go Red Sox. Go David Price. Don't let the tingle fingers come. Have a great one, guys.